Good morning, Agape. How's everybody doing? Good morning, Pastor G. During our announcements, we always say, please remain muted unless when prompted to do so. So I am asking if you will unmute yourself and you can just holler and tell me, good morning this morning. I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord in my space. I thank you for that, Lady D. I thank you for the anointing of the preparation of the ground in praise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. His name is truly holy. Hallelujah. And we just minister one of my favorite right songs today. Hallelujah. And I just thank the Lord today for just being, having the reminder and the ushering in of him in such a way. He's always with us, but ushering him into our shared space and into our personal space this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to give honor to God this morning. I want to Give honor to our pastor and bishop. In her absence, she was here earlier, but I'm not seeing her now. I want to just give honor to them and acknowledge their presence and thanking the Lord for them. Thanking the Lord for you, pastor, the angel of this house. So glad you're back on your post. Thank the Lord for the leadership this morning and for Deacon Dixon thinking it not robbery to come, even though he's not feeling well, but just to come into the house this morning. Grateful to the Lord for that. And want to give a, a shout out to our sister Emily. We haven't seen you in a minute. Haven't seen my boy, Ave. But you know what? We thank the Lord you're here today. We've been missing you. And so we're glad we're able to, as Deacon Tamika reminds us, verbing on you this morning. Loving on you. Loving, loving, loving. <laughs> so glad that you did. Hi. Hi. Good to How see you. How you doing? It is so good to see you oh, this morning. So and handsome. And what do we say? Hi. Hi. How you doing today? We are so glad. We missed you. Yes. We're missing you today. Loving that background, though. Hallelujah. And <laughs> that is nice. And I want to give a shout out to Bishop's friend Jada and to Giovanna. And I thought I saw for a quick minute, I thought I saw my Zuzu, Zori. So we're going to give her a shout out because even if she's now taking her rest, she needs to know in her spirit. We love her. Say hi. Hey, Zori. Good morning, Zori. Good morning, Zori. Zori. Zuzu. You have a song for Zuzu. Zori, you want to sing something for us? Oh. No, okay. Yes, well, go back to writing. She's writing now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's in We're glad to see Zori. I thought I saw that little one. We thanking the Lord for her today, and I just want to give honor to all the engineer Giovanna for um, the work she did today. I want to give honor to our deacon Tamika, the teacher's pet, y'all, for um, the announcements and for have, helping to keep the service just going. And we just thank the Lord for all the hats you're wearing. Uh, you can see you getting ready to join the hat brigade. brigade. Wear more and more hats there, sister. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. And so we thank the Lord uh, for each and every one. And a special shout out to the man who helped me to have my freedoms in more ways than one. Our very own evangelist, Fritz, I'm thinking, so, e F E F E F E F. 
thank the Lord. We just thank the Lord for his gentle spirit. And while we were turning around and I bet some of us wasn't born, but while we were doing whatever we were doing, Evangelist Fagans was standing the ground. And I thought about that because we think about the ones who went in for so many tours, so many tours, so many tours, but whether Evangelist Fagans did one tour, two tours or more, his life was on, on, on the line, y'all. His life was at stake, whether it was an accident on the ship or whether it was enemy fire. His life was on the line and he did that for us so that we can have our freedoms. And we thank the Lord that you did that, Evangelist Fagans, and it's part of your story. And so we thank the Lord for that and that you're able to come back safely and tell us that part of your story even though it was one of the uh, sci-fi parts of your story, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> Amen. And having said all that, I have a question for you. And the question is, did you or were you able to read the text? And Pastor, I'm asking you to uh, share that screen now to, to, that uh, was sent out earlier today. And I want to say yes, thank yes, Pastor Fagans. I read, uh, I saw it, and I saw the uh, picture, and I was getting ready. I was going to comment in the thing. I said, "I'll wait till till service." Well, <laughs> I'm getting ready to ask the question that was posted in the text, like, and, oh. and that is, does anybody know? Is anybody Javier? Javier, you don't say anything. Anybody know what this? this uh picture represents anybody i hear crickets the crickets know anybody else anybody else i'll tell you what it is hallelujah the 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 icon that you are looking at <clears throat> is is a an imposter that is an imposter and what it is, it's part of a game called Among Us. Among Us. And it is a very popular, it gained a lot of popularity when the, when the uh, pandemic was on and people had to stay in. It is a, an online game for supposedly for kids. It is for kids. And so I'm going to read to you some things about the, the, uh, icon that you are looking at it is a symbol because it was online of of the uh imposter although it it could also be a crew member so what am i talking about with this and in a the game is such as this the imposter is intelligent it understands and is able to communicate using our language. It is able to learn how the, let me go back for a minute and tell you what the whole game is. The goal is that the imposter is on the ship. You're, the, the setting is a ship, y'all, where they're all on a ship together. It's normally the game allows for say five to seven players. And they're all crew members. And their job is to do various tasks on the ship so that they can leave and accomplish their journey. However, there is an imposter among them. And it is the job of the crew members to find out who the imposter is. So now knowing that, 
let's go. It's similar to, we used to play a game called Killer. And it's very similar to that in person. This is an online game, but it's very similar to that in person where everyone was given a slip of paper and one had a wink on it or the word killer. And you had to kill everybody in the game without them seeing you do it. And you, the object of the game was that the killer would win if he could kill everyone. Well, this is very much like that game. The imposter's job, <clears throat> if you ready for this, if you are an imposter, you are, your whole job is to kill everyone else in the game so you can get what you want to have, what you want. The players are given the role of either crewmate or imposter. Crewmates must complete a list of tasks, as I told you, but they have to work together and they have to work together to get rid of the imposter. So that means they have to figure out who the imposter is and vote that person off the ship before it can do any killing. So everything we know about the imposter species in Among Us, it's a species. There are two main attributes we know about the imposter species. It is intelligent. It understands and is able to communicate using our language. It is able to learn how the crew votes out those who are suspicious and a danger to their mission. Also implying that they've been with the crew for a long time. So they know how the crew members think. They are able to use somewhat advanced weaponry, the gun from one of their kills anonymously, <clears throat> or one of their kill emanations. They have different things they can use. Don't forget this is online. They are able to crawl through vents extremely quickly. They also understand how to sabotage the ship's components. Not only that, but they now know how to do that from anywhere on the ship. They also know how to fix sabotaged equipment, meaning whoever is in charge of this operation probably taught the crew how to fix the equipment. And this imposter who, who paraded himself, who, who masqueraded as one of them, has learned all of their tricks, and now they can use it against them. So the setting is on a ship. Moving, before we go on, I just have a quick question. Just came to my mind. What do you call a bagel who flies? What do you call a bagel that flies? Anybody? A plain bagel. But let's go on with the imposter. The imposter is a creature with the ability to transform itself into anything, any kind of, of thing or person as we can see from the kill, where it opens its mouth, you see the mouth, that blue thing, and kills a crewmate using its tongue, even though from the crewmates, we know that that's a suit. So the crewmates think it's a suit, but he has that tongue there. And though from that, that same kill, we can see that this creature is a predator that could also show they kill just because. Now, the goal of the crewmates is to identify the imposters because there can be more than one, eliminate them, and complete tasks around the map. 
The goal of the crewmate is to identify the imposters, eliminate them, and complete tasks around the map. The goal of the imposter is to covertly sabotage the mission, either by killing the crewmates before they complete all their tasks or by triggering a disaster that cannot be resolved. Now, as a crewmate, your objective is to make sure you and your team complete all their work. You win if you successfully eject the imposter or imposters, or if the crewmates successfully complete their task. That means the imposters may not get killed, but if you successfully do all the work assigned to you, you win the game. Now, if an imposter causes a sabotage on the map, and don't forget this is on a ship, your objective is to fix the issue immediately. So when you find problems arising, it has to be fixed. You can't just ignore it or move past it and say, I'm safe. And the imposter may try to use the sabotage to distract you and your fellow crewmates and go on a killing spree. More importantly, some of the sabotages caused by the imposter will cause the entire crew to die if not taken care of immediately. If a crewmate is killed and a body is reported, your objective is to determine the imposters and vote to eject them out. So when you see somebody dead, you got to quickly move. You can't just say, well, it's not me. We, we just need to be more careful. You may also call an emergency meeting, a gathering of all of the crew, if you have a high suspicion that someone is being an imposter. Now, there are certain characteristics that the and the imposter has their objective is to kill the crewmates that's their objective and they win if the total amount of surviving imposters is equal to the total amount of surviving crewmates what is an imposter an imposter is a person who pretends to be someone else in order to deceive others especially for fraudulent Gain that is an imposter. That is an imposter. And so, having talked about the imposter, we want to just say that the players are given the role of crewmates, and the imposter must and they must complete a list of tasks. And they have to not only get the tasks done, but they in the game have to identify who the imposters are and get and annihilate them or re render them useless. Now, in real time, Agape, I stop by to tell you. First, let me just tell you what an imposter, I told you what an imposter is. The name of the game is Among Us. And did you know what Among Us means? It means someone or something that is part of our everyday common group. Someone or something that is part of our everyday common group and it's anything that leads us away from Christ. That is an imposter. In 1 Peter 5, verses 8 to 9, 1 Peter 5, 8 to 9, uh, the apostle Peter says, be alert and sober of mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith. 
because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. And then the apostle John, St. John, in one of his epistles though, he talks about the fact that he says, what is the apostle? He says, as you have heard from the beginning, that his command, God's command is that you walk in love. And I say that because many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone into, out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked for. We're talking about all the word of God, all the letters that have been written on how to live. Watch that you do not lose all that work, but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in their teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the father and the son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take them into your house or welcome them. Anyone who welcomes them shares in their wicked work. And that is what John said. Agape, I stopped by to tell you that we have an imposter among us. In fact, each and every one under the sound of my voice that call themselves children of God, you have imposters in your life. And so our job is to, like the crew members on the game among us, our job on a daily basis isn't just to resist the devil. And who is the imposter? It is the devil and his henchmen. But we want to talk about how Pastor G does this imposter manifest itself. I mean, how can we tell? And I stop by to tell you that there are some attributes uh, on the game of the imposter. They're shapeshifters. They can make themselves look like anything or anyone. And so then the question is, what is our reality about, our, that's the game, about our imposter, about who's among us? It looks different ways, Agape. It looks like social media. It looks like some of the teachings that we allow through social media to run and shape our thinking. It looks like AI, artificial intelligence looks good it almost looks like what the word of god says but upon closer examination you find that it doesn't quite line up with the word of god and so the i noted that the apostles when we talk about be careful be vigilant about deceivers you find a lot in the new testament which a lot of those books were written by those that walked with Jesus and sat under his teaching. And they all say, be not deceived, be vigilant. And so we want to talk about what do we mean when we say things like be vigilant? What do we mean? And our, our theme verse that we're going to keep going back to is 1 Peter 5, 8, where he says that we need to be alert and sober of mind. Your enemy prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It says to resist him. And how do you do it? Standing fast and standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same thing. So what does alert mean? What does alert mean? And alert is simply saying, keep careful watch. 
for possible dangers or influences. Keep careful watch for possible damages, dangers, or influences. So we want to keep careful watch and be sober of mind. Did you know that being sober of mind means being free from intoxicating influences? Anything that leads us away from Christ is what we want to be sober about. So Pastor G, what are you talking about? What are some things? We talked about social media. We talked about AI. But what about our thoughts and our minds? What are we putting in in our book reading? What are we putting in in our television, the programs we watch, the reality shows? Are they imposters looking like, oh, it's nothing wrong with watching this. There's nothing wrong. And it's changing and it's shape-shifting the way we think about things, the way that society is telling us this is okay, what's going on in the political arena and our stance on that even though it's against the word of God, hearing stories, horrible stories where Christians have abused and misused people who don't live by the word of God. So now we are Christians, but we really don't agree with the teaching or the underlying root for why these people are erroneously responding and mistreating other people. So we don't want anything to do with any of it. Is that an imposter in your life? What are the imposters? that you know, or that you didn't realize what we're going to be looking at today. We know that one, they are people that the teachings do not line up with the word of God. Now in the New Testament, one of the main ways that the, the Bible and the biblical characters knew that these people were not of Christ was they did not believe Jesus rose again after he died. They had to admit he existed on earth but they did not believe he was the son of God. They did not believe that he rose again and that his body is gone because he rose from the dead. They did not believe it, but they tried to believe all the other good things that he was saying. And so the, the apostles came through and was warning the people, we have been really showing you how Jesus wants us to live. Do not be deceived. And Agape, I stopped by to tell you today, that there are, we still have to be sober and vigilant. And one way is for that, when we get too close. Other ways that the, impost, the imposter manifests himself is through temptations. Temptations that we had, that we give into, which once were given into our will to destroy us spiritually and physically. I stop by to tell you that the imposter isn't there just to make your life miserable. The imposter's there to destroy us, to keep us from doing our work, if you will, to keep the crew members at bay and suspicious of one another, if you will. Uh, other ways that the imposter is in our life is with our so-called friends. They, they seem like a friend, but we say, well, they just got issues, but I love them. They love me. But are they toxic relationships? If so, you've got a poster, um, imposter among you. We have a new thing out now called influencers where people are making big money. And the thing about influencers are they are making money influencing what you should buy, what you should wear, what kind of relationships you should be in. There are influencers telling you where you should eat. 
influencers telling you what products are best for you, for your skin, for your hair, for your feet. You can't even get on the cell phone and make a simple call without all kind of ads popping in. You can't even get on the Facebook social media page to look up a friend or to check in with a friend without all kinds of other products coming in telling you, tried and true, use this, don't use anything else. And it's on the Facebook page because it's easier to advertise there. I'm not saying, please don't misquote me, don't get on Facebook, don't use products. What I'm saying is, we have to look who's among us and what is their game plan. And Agape, we got something else that is very, very subtle that the imposter does. And before I tell you that, I just want to continue with some of the reality shows where people are getting their, their little, like we call it 15 minutes of fame, where they're getting recognized. I mean, so many people, and I've even, I even hear it at my job, love to watch the Kardashians. What did they do? What do they sing? We like music. What are their famous uh, hits? What, what, what movies have they starred in that they just were so amazing? But yet, we want to, as they call it, keep up with the Kardashians. It used to be keep up with the Joneses. <laughs> that was a figure of speech. But now it's keeping up with the Kardashians. And you can't look at a person without seeing false eyelashes. You don't even know what, who they, what they look like. They all look alike. Amen? It's not just the models and the beautiful magazines where they're purposely, you know, giving us iconic looks. Everybody has eyelashes, long, long, long nails, high, high, high heels. That's beauty. We are being influenced by what we see on social media. And then there's unreality shows. And then one of the ones that is really, really interesting to me is we are being influenced. We are looking, not realizing that, that it's among us by not only false teachings, not only uh, the reality shows and the television choices, but some lies. And now there's t-shirts, which what I call, um, how did I put that? The spoken and the written word. Have you ever gone online? Innocently, I'm putting that in quotes. Maybe you wanted to make your way to your Gmail account or on your drive. But on the way, you saw some very cute Christian sayings. I love God. Or I don't worry, I leave all my problems to God. Isn't that beautiful? Things that Christians want to say. If you keep looking at the t-shirts while you're picking out the ones that, yes, I want to identify myself as I want it on my shirt. I want people when I walk to see, I love Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. But if you keep going, you start seeing little curse words slid in here and there along with the t-shirts. You start seeing uh, little sayings. You start seeing things that it's, it's that make you feel like, mm, it's okay. It's called compromise, y'all. We start, for example, I saw this one I really, really love. It says, it's for a child. And it says, I am really a nice person, but I take after my grandma. In other words, don't cross me because I got grandma in me. And it looks cute. 
But what we're the message that we're giving is it's okay if you make me mad that I'm going to get with you. But what did our St. Peter tell us? Be alert and sober of mind because your enemy, the devil, the, the imposter among us, if you will, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And when we look at a roaring lion, so why aren't we talking about a roaring lion? Because a lion is an icon that the imposter can follow. When the lion roars, everybody would run because they see the warning coming, like a roaring lion. It doesn't say he is, it's like one. They're going to run, but that roar paralyzes its prey, and then he can jump you. And that's why he, Peter is saying he prowls around just like a, a roaring lion who would paralyze its prey and then come and eat you. But I stopped by to tell you that he's prowling around, y'all. And we don't even see it when it's in our midst. We don't see it when we have problems on the job and we respond in a way that Jesus Christ would cover his ears for. We don't even see it when we are driving and somebody, as we would say, makes us lose our religion. We don't even see it as the imposter moving up on us, shape-shifting, telling us it's okay when you get upset. Seducers, deceivers, false teachers. We are, some of us watch television and we watch a, a lot of shows. We have to be careful because there's a lot, a lot, a lot of positive reinforcement given to us. A lot of quotes, TED Talks, where it really seems good. You got to believe in yourself. You have to look at each day as a new challenge for things you want to do. You have to do all these things and it's nothing wrong with it. It's nothing wrong with what's being said. But we have to be alert and we have to be vigilant because late in there, if we're not careful, while A might be okay, B slides on in. B slides in in people and their responses to us and we feel all right to respond back. It slides on in. What is our job? To work together to expose the imposter or his works before he destroys us. Biblical admonishment is that we are to confess our sins to each other. How do we know? Will we will not acknowledge we have to confess and admit because they don't believe that the coming of Jesus Christ ever came in bodily form or is coming again. And so what we want to do right now is let's look at a biblical example of an imposter who dealt with God's chosen people. So I'm asking if you have your Bibles to turn with me to Joshua chapter 9. Joshua chapter 9. Joshua chapter 9. And Agape, I'm asking you to bear with me. I'm trying to be still so you can hear me. But these earbuds have fallen out of my ears, so I will repeat myself if I feel like you may not have heard me. Amen. And when you have Joshua chapter 9, so mute yourself and say, I have it, or Move, keep going or something. Amen. So, <clears throat> let me just give you some backdrop on this. This story is found in Joshua. And as we all know, Joshua was the one who finally led the exiled but delivered Israelites out of from Egypt. And they wandered in the wilderness for 40, 40 years. He finally led them into the promised land. 
Now, God gave them specific, uh, uh, a specific instruction. Kill, destroy, annihilate, remove all the inhabitants of Canaan. All. All means all. Not some, not all, but one, but all. So now this is what happens. If you look in chapter 9. One of the Canaanite, one a group of people that were Canaanites were called the Gibeonites. Now, when all the kings west of the Jordan heard about these things, that is the conquest of Joshua and the Israelites, the kings on in the hill country, in the western foothills, and along the entire coast of the Mediterranean Sea, as far as Lebanon, the kings of the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Parasites, Hivites, and the Jebusites. By the way, those seven, those seven groups, they were the arch enemies of the is of Israel. And obviously they weren't dead yet, so they knew that Joshua would be coming for them. They came together to wage war against Joshua and Israel. However, when the people of Gibeon heard that Joshua had what Joshua had done to Jericho and AI, which we need to be looking at, looking at what we can do at AI, they resorted to a ruse. A ruse, you all, is a, a trick. They went as a delegation, a group of people whose donkeys were loaded with worn out sacks and old wineskins, cracked and mended. They put worn and patched sandals on their feet and wore old clothes. All the bread of their food supply was dry and moldy. Then they went to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal and said to him and the Israelites, we have come from a distant country. Make a treaty with us. In other words, they disguised themselves as weary travelers that had nothing to do with Canaan, had nothing to do with all the aforementioned Groups that we just talked about, the Hivites, the Jebusites, the Perizzites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, uh, uh, Hittites, all of them. He, they said we had nothing to do with any of that. So the Israelites said to the Hivites, but perhaps you live near us. So how can we make a treaty with you? We are your servants, they said to Joshua. And then, then in verse 9, it says, but Joshua asked, who are you and where do you come from? They answered, your servants have come from a very distant country because of the fame of the Lord your God. For we have heard reports of him, all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites, east of the Jordan, Sihon, king of Heshbon, and Ah, king of Bashan, who reigned in Astaroth, and our elders and all those living in our country said to us, take provisions for your journey, go and meet them and say to them, we are your servants, make a treaty with us. The treaty would have been, you're not going to destroy us. You're going to let us live and go about our way. So this bread of ours was warm when we packed it at home on the way. We left to come to you. But now see how dry and moldy it is. Now, you know that they packed it that way. And these wineskins that we filled were new. But see how cracked they are. And our clothes and our sandals are worn out. 
by the very long journey. Now, mind you, we go back, you'll see that they put them on that way. It wasn't like they're lying. Lying. Be careful about who's among you. The imposter lies. Amen. The Israelites sampled their provisions, but did not inquire of the Lord. When you're looking at the imposters in your life, always inquire of the Lord. Because we're going to hold there and we're going to finish it in a minute. But if we were to go back in verses three and six, how did the imposter do his work? One, they tricked them. They deceived them, verses three through six in this Joshua chapter nine. They tricked them and deceived them. And that's what the imposter does, Agape, to get us to commit to something with them, to get us in an unholy alliance, to compromise what we know to be the truth. There are imposters among us. And then as we move on, what they do is they sneak up on us. You see, the Israelites were strategizing what God said to do. But by these Gibeonites sneaking up on them, they were thrown off their guard. And what did they not do? They did not seek the Lord. Why? Because in verse 8, they appeared humble and open to the Israelites' beliefs and practices. How many people do you have that tell you what you believe is the good way and they're going to try. They're just not quite ready yet. But meanwhile, pulling you to the things that they do and telling you ain't nothing wrong with it. It ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And you can fill in the this and that. You know where everything, I'm going to give you a principle here. Anything that pulls you from your intimacy with the Lord you better look at if that's an imposter among you. It doesn't have to be a person, Agape, and I'm talking to myself as well. It can be in your thought life, in our thought life. It could be in how we're deciding we want to be. It can be in how we respond to things. But we can always use the measuring rod that is this going to glorify the Lord? Is this taking me away from my love for the Lord? Because it's vain to keep saying, I want to love you, Lord. I want to be closer to you, Lord. I want to be intimate with you, Lord, and do things that pull us away. Think about it. Think about love story, relationship. How can a, a, a two people who love each other, male and female, husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, wannabes, how can you draw close to somebody but yet allow yourself to be pulled away. Pulled away from them because you want to do this, you want to do that. Is that relationship going to stand the test of time? Any relationships that we have, if we say, I'm committed to this, I love you, you have to invest in that. You can't have a husband here, but you got your boyfriend over there. Amen? You can't have a wife here and you got your girlfriends over there. That is not a commitment. And likewise, we can have a love of the Lord, a loving relationship with the Lord and have our own little separate stuff somewhere else, a little something, something for ourselves. Did you know that one of the main ways that the imposter is able to get in that is among us is when we hold a little bit back for ourselves and not totally surrender it to the Lord? There's an imposter among us. 
agape. There's an imposter among us. So moving right on, we are on verse 14. The Israelites sampled their provisions, the provisions of the imposters, but did not inquire of the Lord. That was the first mistake. I'll say the second, because the first one was they entertained the imposter. They listened. They heard them out. They heard everything they had to say. And while they were, they were getting lapped in, lapped in. Agape, please don't hear them out. When you see that it does not line up with the word of God, it does not line up with the teachings of Jesus Christ, that's when we cut it off. And sometimes we don't want to because it suits something in us. Amen. For the Israelites, look at the food, look at the, the things that they brought to serve them and Oh, we had all of this warm bread for you. We were going to do all these things. We, and they kept referring to themselves as what? Your servants. I'm at your service. And remember, we talked about the fact that hospitality is a very big thing, a very big requirement in the Israel faith. It is a law. You can, God is not happy when you're not hospitable. And these people came hospitably. They came to them. So they did not seek the Lord, which is what we do. So warning, warning, if you did not seek the Lord and you're moving on in some kind of alliance, be it a business, be it a relationship, be it even where you're going to live, the community you want to start hanging around. If you did not seek the Lord, watch out. Then Joshua made a treaty of peace with them. In other words, he gave them what they asked for. He gave into them. He made that treaty of peace which, to let them live. And the leaders of the assembly ratified it by oath. So they made it solid by making the promise. And then it goes on to say in verse 16, three days after they made the treaty with the Gibeonites, the Israelites heard that they were neighbors living near them. And so now the Israelites set out and on the third day came to their cities, so forth and on. And the whole assembly grumbled against Israel, the leaders. But all the leaders answered, we have given them our oath by the Lord, the God of Israel, and we cannot touch them now. So the apostles were able to live among them. Just like in this game among us, where they are able to live with the crew as long as there's more crew members than imposters or the same amount. So now you have a group of people that had a treaty. Now, I'm going to give you hope. I said that if you've done these things and so forth and on this, there's a problem. But let me just say this. Imposters make you think you're in charge. They make you think you have the power. You're a servant. It's whatever you want. Anybody ever feel that way? The devil makes you think you have the power. You got a choice. You grown. Do what you think is out. It's nothing wrong with that. It throws you off. But there is hope. Let's look at verses 26 and 27. Jesus does not ever leave us, even when we, quote unquote, messed up, when we've entertained the imposter, when we've more or less been destroyed in an area of our life because we allow the imposter to trick us and to fool us. But in verses 26 and in verses 27, 
it says, so Joshua saved them here. In other words, he honored the treaty where he said they could live. So he honored, he saved them from the Israelites and they did not kill them. That day though, he made the Gibeonites woodcutters and water carriers for the assembly to provide for the needs of the altar of the Lord at the place the Lord would choose. And that is what they are to this day. The Gibeonites thought as imposters that they could just get their safety and go back to their homeland and just live without fear of retribution or destruction from the Israelites. But what do we see here? The Gibeonites did not know the Lord God. They didn't know him because if they did, they would not have done that to fool the Israelites knowing God knows all things. And God could have sent them. They could have gone in there and they could have not come back alive. But you know, the Bible says that we are to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding because in all our ways, we are to acknowledge God and he will direct our path, but they didn't. They just got thrown off. So much was coming at them. I'm going to give them this. So much was coming at them that when the Gibeonites came up, Joshua had single focus. He was alert. He was vigilant. He was focused. He was just looking straight ahead. He was watching, watching. And that thing, that imposter came and messed him up. Amen? The imposter messed him up. But I stopped by to tell you that the Lord said he would make, in Psalm 110, he would make your enemy your footstool. And they became water carriers for them. And so what, do, what are we learning from all of this? I want to tell you that what we learned all of that, but what does it all mean, Rev G, Pastor G? What does all of this mean? Did you know that part of the reason that we fall sometimes and we allow certain things in is pride? How do you mean, Pastor G? Because agape, God calls us to be a body. We have to share with one another, just like the crew members on the Among Us game. We have to talk to each other. We have to confess our faults one to another that we can be healed. We have to pray one for the other. We have to keep each other and hold each other accountable at all times. And God says, I appeal to you brothers to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. That's in Romans 16, verse 17. He says, I appeal to you. Paul said it. Watch out for those. We have to watch out for each other. But we have a hope. Because God said at all times, pray by the power of the spirit. Pray all kinds of prayers. Be watchful so you can pray. Always keep on praying for who? Not just yourself, for all God's people. Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 8. At all times, pray by the power of the spirit. Pray all kinds of prayers. Be watchful. So that you can pray. Always keep on praying for all God's people. Crew members, agape members, believers of Christ of all different churches and denominations. We have to come together 
and pray to get the work done that has been assigned to us. In 1 Peter, he said, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind. There's that word sober again. That ye may pray. Above all, love each other. So we've got prayer. We've got love. There are, there are weapons that we have as crew members to annihilate and to depose and to make powerless the imposters among us. And he goes on to say, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. That's forgiveness, y'all. Offer, here it is, hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. What does that mean, agape? It means when we come together in corporate worship, let the Lord use your gifts. There is no fear in the presence of God. Let the Lord you whatever gifts have, God has given you. Find out how he wants you to use it. Together at the body of Christ and together in the people with whom you associate. Asking God to give you a keen eye and a sober spirit to recognize when there may be an imposter, an imposter among you. You've got a checklist here. Are they naming the name of Jesus? Are they helping you to compromise what you know the Bible to say? Are they appealing, appealing to your sentimental side? We have a big agenda on the table. The I call it the alphabet agenda. And so many Christians are at polar opposites about how to deal with this. From not giving uh, homosexuals love to just judging them and turning an ear. And maybe they're trying their best not to let the imposter among them. But then you have those that feel like God says love everyone. But when God says to love everyone, do we have to love the sin they're in? Do we want to call it that? Or is sin a curse word now? We have to come together, don't we, as a crew and decide what is God's word saying and how does it look? What is your love supposed to look like, Lord, without us judging a person, accepting a person and not uh, having to do what we think or we feel we should do to make some kind of stance or not make a stance? That's a deep one. But we have to come together. And a lot of times, Agape, we as the body of Christ keep things to ourselves and we make our own decisions and we live our own life, thus opening the door wider for the imposter to be among us. Amen. So John goes on to say, you dear children in 1 John 4, 4, you dear children are from God and have overcome them, overcome the imposters because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. There is nothing you've gotten yourself into that the imposter has destroyed that God is not greater than. All it calls for is a repentance and asking the Lord for wisdom, guidance, and it might take some time depending on what it is, but God will get the effects of that imposter, the effects of what's among you away from you as you trust him. These things I have spoken unto you that in me, God says, you might have peace. In the world, you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Why look to the cross? Because Jesus said, I have overcome the world. And if Jesus has overcome the world, how much more shall he help to overcome 
the things in your life that are considered your tribulations. Submit, we, submit yourself. And this is another. Jesus' brother said this. Submit or listen to, obey him, follow him. Submit yourselves then to God. Obey him. We listen to him. We follow him. Resist the devil. Say no to the devil's ways and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. You want to overcome the imposter? You want to overcome those that are among you that do not name the name of Jesus but appear to? Come near to God and he will come near to you. And finally, agape. Be alert and of sober mind. Be alert and of sober mind because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And what are you to do? Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. We hear from uh, Ron Susick, those of us that get the uh, magazine about the martyrs, we know that people are undergoing even more sufferings than us. Our sufferings may be emotional. Our sufferings may be some choices we made, people coming in and out of our lives, or maybe there's some kind of criminal activity that has happened. But the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, after you have to deal with those consequences, will himself restore you. That's a promise from God, hallelujah, and make you strong. Therefore, he not only will make you strong, he will make you firm and steadfast. He will give you that myopia again, that single focus to him. And what do we respond with? To him, to our Lord God, be the power forever and ever. Amen. I can't hear you. Amen. 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 And amen.